Let us pray. Our most eternal and everlasting Father, we are thankful this evening for your love and your mercy. Thankful for the privilege that is ours to study a portion of your word. We recognize that the human mind cannot grasp anything that is spiritual apart from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we request that the Holy Spirit will provide us the concentration that we need to hear precisely what you have for us this evening. This is a request in Christ's name. Amen. Still in Exodus chapter 16, verses 13 through 36. where we've been dealing with the provision of quail and manna. But I'm going to read from verse 15 to 20. It reads, When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Each one is to gather as much as he needs. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, he who gathered much did not have too much. And he who gathered little did not have too little. Each one gathered as much as he needed. Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Now let me keep reminding you that the main message of the major section of Exodus chapter 16, verse 1 to Exodus chapter 17, verse 7, that we have been considering for some time, is be careful about grumbling against your spiritual leaders, since doing so is the same as grumbling against God. Now that's it. We are considering the explanation Moses gave to Israel in response to their question Regarding the substance they observe that cover the surface of the earth in their camp in the desert before we ended our study last week. Now Moses' explanation is that the strange substance that Israel acts what it is, is the Lord's provision for them to use for food, as in that sentence of verse 15 when it says, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. We then emphasize the importance of asking questions regarding what one hears or sees but does not understand instead of walking about in ignorance due to fear or arrogance that keeps a person from asking a question. We also emphasize the truth that the Lord will not save you to abandon you while you are on this planet. On the contrary, he will see to it 
that you are well taken care of while you are on this planet. So anyway, Moses' explanation to Israel regarding the substance they saw on the surface of the earth in their camp is so that they will know what to do with it and to appreciate what the Lord has provided for them. Now, what study this evening will focus then on the instructions the Lord gave to Moses uh, through, I mean, to deliver to Israel. Now, it's not really enough to provide an explanation of what this strange substance is all about. So Moses proceeded to give them instructions regarding what is expected of them about what they observed. Now, this instruction is from the Lord as it conveyed in the first sentence of Exodus 16, verse 16. The first sentence says, this, this is what the Lord has commanded. Now, literally, the Hebrew reads, this is the word that Yahweh commanded. Let me read that again. This is the word that Yahweh commanded. Now, the pronoun this refers to the instruction that follows. That is, what the Lord commanded. Now, the literal translation, this is the word that Yahweh commanded, well, that we gave, implies though, that Moses wanted Israel to recognize that the Lord is the source of the instruction he gave to them. You see, Moses used a noun and a verb to convey this truth. The word, word, used in the literal translation, that is not explicitly translated in the NIV, is actually translated from a Hebrew word that may mean word of speech, as it is used in indicating that originally all people on this planet spoke one language, as in Genesis chapter 12, I mean chapter 11, verse 1. Before the population of the world exploded, there were very few of them, but they all spoke one language. And it's because of sin, disobedience, that we now have confusion of languages. Here, this is what we have. Genesis chapter 11 verse 1 reads, Now the whole world, when you say the whole world, you have to think about the world at that time. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. Now that phrase, a common speech, is more literally the same words. The same words. Now this notwithstanding, our Hebrew word though has a range of meanings, but we'll give some of them. Uh, so you can see the range that this word has. Now the, the word may mean something like event or thing. As it is used in the information that was passed on to Joseph about his father being sick towards his end, uh, the ending of his days on this planet. In Genesis 48 verse 1. Genesis 
chapter 48, verse 1. He reads, Sometime later, Joseph was told, Your father is ill. So he, take, he took his two sons, and if, uh, Manasseh and Ephraim, along with him. Now the translators of the NIV did not explicitly translate a Hebrew word since the phrase sometime later. That phrase sometime later fully from the Hebrew, this is the way it reads. And it happened that after these things, that's how the Hebrew reads it completely. And it happened that after these things, now this here would then be the Hebrew word uh, that we're looking at translated uh, speech or word in some English versions. Now the uh, Hebrew word may also mean something like message. As a word is used to describe what the Lord said through Balaam as record, uh, recorded in Numbers chapter 23 verse 16. Numbers chapter 23 verse 16. It is the Lord met with Balaam and put a message in his mouth and said, Go back to Balak and give him this message. So here, the Hebrew word the bar is translated message. Now the word can also mean charge, charge, as it is used in dealing with a charge or an accusation. A husband could levy on the wife of not being a virgin at marriage, as we read in Deuteronomy chapter twenty-two, verse twenty. Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 20. It reads, Deuteronomy 22 verse 20 reads, If, however, the charge, that's a Hebrew word, the bar. If, if however, the charge is true, and no proof of the God's virginity, can be found. Now, so the uh, phrase, the charge, is literally the thing, the thing. So, that uh, it is a word that is used in uh, various ways. Now, the word can mean matter. In the matter of something, as that's the way it is used in describing David's faithful devotion to the Lord. Now this is one of those things that every believer needs to understand. It doesn't matter how faithful you are. While you're still on this planet, you're going to fail the Lord one way or the other. Some their failures are catastrophic and some may not be. But we're going to fail him one way or the other. 
But that does not alter the fact if you are devoted, you are really devoted to him. So this was the case with uh, David. He was a man thoroughly devoted to the Lord. Except he failed in one way. And that is what is uh, given to us in First Kings chapter 15 verse 5. First Kings chapter 15 verse 5 all I'm saying is you know, we're all going to fail the Lord uh, but it all depends on where you find yourself generally there are some kind of failures that is really uh, something that we would not expect of believers it doesn't mean that they couldn't but it's just something that we should not expect of believers who know where they are in the Lord but here to prove the point that yes, you can be fully devoted and still fear the Lord. Here we have something said about David. He said, For David had done what was right in the eyes of the Lord and had not failed to keep any of the Lord's commands all the days of his life. Look at the next thing there. Except in the case of Uri the Hittite. Now that phrase, except in the case of Uri the Hittite, is more literally in the Hebrew, except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. The matter is well known, that is, David committed adultery, Followed by murder. So those are the two spots in his life. But other than this, he was a believer that was thoroughly devoted to the Lord. Now here is one of those things that some of you in conversation with, you know, some conversation that I've had some of you. There are things that we read sometime in this, uh, what I'm teaching, and some of you get into a shock. Is that in the Bible? I mean, you get into shock. Well, the truth of the matter is this. The Bible is the true word of God. What that means is, it is not written in order to make it palatable to us. It's not written selectively. In other words, it's not like the news media. They get all this much information. They selectively put what they want to piece together and give you what they want you to hear. It's not like that. The Bible gives us everything God wants us to know. So that is why you see some awful things in the Bible recorded to prove to us that we are sinful people. At the same time, we see His love shining through. So either way, we have to uh, recognize that yes, there are times we're going to read some things in the Bible that may be shocking to us. But, of course, some of us, we may be shocking yet we do something worse than that anyway. But anyway, the point is that uh, for David, uh, his case was a case where he committed th- those two sins, and those two sins marked his life as something different. Other than that, he was a faithful believer. 
Now, so in our passage of Exodus 16 verse 16, the Hebrew word really means word in the sense of a verbal command for action. A verbal command for action. Now, the verb used in the NIV, uh, in the clause where it says, what the Lord has commanded. What the Lord has commanded in verse 16 of Exodus of Westerden. That word commanded is translated from a Hebrew word that denotes the action of a superior stating something with authority and all force to a subordinate with the purpose of eliciting a response and so may mean to command or to order. Now it is with the meaning of to order the person around that the word is used to describe the instruction of the priest to evacuate a house uh, suspected of mild, uh, mildew. If you had a mildew, uh, before he goes into inspecting, he, he has to evacuate the, the, the house completely. As we read in Leviticus chapter 14, verse 36. Leviticus chapter 14 verse 26. He reads, the priest is, is to order. That's our Hebrew word translated commanded. It's here translated order. The Hebrew word shiwa. shiwa. The he said the priest is to order the house to be emptied before he goes in to examine the mildew, so that nothing in the house will be uh, pronounced unclean. After this, the priest is to go in and inspect the house. Now the Hebrew word no doubt may mean to instruct, to instruct, give an instruction to someone, as in the instruction of the Lord to Joshua regarding the plunder of AI. After killing their men, as we read in Joshua chapter 8, verse 27. Joshua chapter 8, verse 27. Joshua chapter 8, verse 27. He reads, But the Israel, they carry off for themselves the livestock and plunder of this city, as the Lord had instructed. That's a Hebrew word. He has translated instructed, has instructed Joshua. Now the Hebrew word, interesting, can also mean to a point, to a point. As David used it to uh, recognize his appointment as the leader of Israel by the Lord. And this is something that David has to say to the wife. See, David was coming back from bringing the ark, so to say, to Jerusalem. And he was dancing. And, and uh, 
you know, jumping up and down in, in praise of God. He was so excited and was dancing. And the wife saw it and said, she shook her head more or less and said, you dear, do, do, dancing like a vulgar person. I mean, even in front of all these slave girls or whatever, just, she he just he ate her up. And this is what David then said in Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 21. Second Samuel chapter six verse twenty one. Second Samuel chapter six verse twenty one reads David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or any one from here, from his house, when he appointed, that word appointed is our Hebrew word, say, appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will certainly celebrate before the Lord. In other words, he's saying to the wife, handle it. You deal with it. I am going to celebrate before the Lord anywhere I choose. In the presence of him, if you don't like it, deal with it. That's so he reminded the wife that, yes, God chose me, not your dad. You know, that's a little bit rough, but that sometimes you have to speak to people that way. So in our passage, though, of Exodus 16, verse 16, the word simply means to command, that is to charge someone to do something. So anyway, Moses could have used only the verb, as reflected in verse 16 in the NIV, that reads, this is what the Lord has commanded. He could have done that, but he did not. Instead, he added a Hebrew noun that means word. This he did to cause the Israelites to recognize that whatever instructions he gives uh, them regarding the strange substance they observe on the surface of the earth uh, in their camp is not from him but from the Lord. That's why he put the word word. So the implication is that Israel should obey the instruction without question or without any modification. Something that we believe as also should learn to do. Now there are some believers who hear the teaching of God's word from their pastor. They disobey what is taught to them by saying, well, that's just the pastor's opinion. That's the way they justify themselves in order to ignore whatever it is that has been explained to them. So we should be careful in doing such a thing if a pastor teaches from the word of God and not given his personal opinions or what I call teaching based on cultural bias. Now be that as he may, Moses having clearly conveyed to Israel that instruction he was about to give them regarding the substance for Israel's food are from the Lord proceeding 
to deal with these instructions with their related issues in Exodus uh, 16 verses 16 through 20 that we're looking at. Now, before we consider the details of the first instruction and related matters, we need to state a lesson that we should keep in mind as we consider the first two instructions the Lord gave to Moses to communicate to Israel about the substance for their food. A simple lesson that you should keep in mind. And that is it. Obedience to God's word leads to exact blessing in him, I mean in his plan for the believer. If you obey, you get exact blessing that is in his plan for you. Again, we should keep this lesson in, in our mind as we consider the instruction of Exodus 16, verses 16 through 20. The first instruction concerns then the collection of the substance that Israel is to use for food. Now, this instruction is given in Exodus 16, verse 16, when it reads, Each one is to gather as much as he needs. Each one is to gather as much as he needs. Now, this rendering of the NIV is one way to translate the literal Hebrew. Because the literal Hebrew reads this way. Gather from each, each, according to his eating. Let me read it again. It says, gather from each, each one, according to his eating. It didn't say needs, but according to his eating. What you eat. Now the Hebrew uses an imperative or a command of a Hebrew word that may mean to pick. As in the instruction the Lord gave to Israel regarding collecting of grapes that have fallen down from the uh, from his trees that they should that should be left for the poor to collect after the owner has done the first round of picking, as we read in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 10. Now the thing is, if you, if you really read the Old Testament and understand God's dealing with Israel, you will realize that he was always concerned about the disadvantage, the poor. So there was, it doesn't mean you hand them anything over. That wasn't the planning from God. They still have to walk in, its, in a way. But here's what the, the instruction is in many areas. They, you, they plant. When they plant, they harvest. They have to leave a little bit in the land. So that the poor will go there and get them. And so on. That's what is given in this passage. But this has to do with uh, grapes. It says... Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. Now, of course, what people don't understand is 
in the way God works his things out, he has built in blessings in obedience to him. Those who did this did not like anything. And some people say, well, I have to go back. I can't I can stand leaving my, some of my crop out there for people. No. If they did what God said, they were assured of plenty for the next year and, and beyond. Anyway, the Hebrew word may mean then to glean, glean. That is, to take all or most that is left in a field after a first harvest, implying a meager amount gathered uh, in relation to the energy expended as it is used in Boaz's uh, instruction to Ruth, as stated in Ruth chapter 2, verse 8. Now again, this is this the situation is more like you know somebody planted wheat. They go through and harvest the first round. After they have finished harvesting, some be left. They say, "Don't don't go back. Leave it there. Let the poor go into your land and do and pick up what's left." That's what's called gleaning in a sense. So this is the instruction of Boaz to Ruth. We read in Ruth chapter two verse eight. So Boaz. Say to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field. And don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. So gleaning here is taken after the first harvest has taken place. Now in our passage of Exodus 16 verse 16, the Hebrew word is used in the sense of to, cal- to collect or to gather. So the command to gather or to collect the substance for food is directed to a member of the family that goes out to gather it. Now this member will be either a man of the household or the wife. Now regardless of who does the gathering, the person is to follow the prescribed standard for collecting the substance for food. Now the standard to be followed in gathering the uh, substance according to the NIV is that it's given the clause of Exodus 16 verse 16 we are studying where it says as much as he needs or literally as I've given you according to his eating according to his eating now the standard given is imprecise because there is a sense that the substance is to be collected according to what each person can eat. That's what we're saying is imprecise. Now the problem with this is that it is difficult to estimate what each person could eat so as to know the quantity that their family needs. First, because the people did not yet quite know how much the substance will, uh, that the person needs to eat to fill up. Furthermore, it is difficult to measure what one can eat by mere eyesight. Difficult to measure what you can eat by mere eyesight. Well, see, our eyes 
can deceive us regarding the quantity of food we can consume to satisfy us. Our eyes can do that. Now, have you had the experience where you looked at a portion of food and think that that is too small to fill you up? Only to find out that that's exactly what you need. Or, have you been in a gathering or in all-you-can-eat restaurant so that you load up your plate with food that you think will fill you up only to discover that you took more than you can eat because your eyes keep telling you, get some more, get some more. You see what the problem we have? That's why I say, it's imprecise. You can't go by what your eye tells you. So, you get the point that the standard given for collecting the substance for the food Israel is to gather is imprecise. Because it says what each, for each, what each one can eat or he's eating. And so, how do you know that? Now, here's the thing, though. Our God knows our limitations or the bent we have towards greed or underestimation of what we need. Those are the two ends of the spectrum, so to say some become so greedy and some underestimate. God knows that. Therefore, he gave a more precise measure to help the Israelites gather the, the food each family needs. It is this more precise standard that is given in the last instruction of Exodus 16, verse 16. Look at it, that last instruction of verse 16 of Exodus 16 that we're studying. It says, Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. Now, an omer is a dry measure of foodstuffs such as manna or grain, reckoned as a tenth of an ephah, roughly uh, three-fifths of a bushel, or about two pots of measure. Now certainly, the Israelites were aware of the standard of measure, so it would not have been uh, much of a problem understanding destruction. Nevertheless, it would seem that when the people gathered the substance for food, they would estimate what they gathered, since it is unlikely that a people would have taken a measuring instrument that's equivalent to an omer as they went to gather the substance for the food, at least for the first time or even the subsequent times. Now we are saying that the people merely estimated the amount of the substance to collect in order to be sufficient for their family. Now we use the word family because the word tent, because say take an omer for each person you have in your tent. Yet I've said family instead of the word tent. Now this is because uh, the family, or that word tent, really can refer to a physical 
temporary structure that has persons of the same household. So we can represent that, people of the same household. And we know this because Abraham and his household lived in a tent, according to Genesis chapter 12, verse 8. Genesis chapter 12, verse 8. Genesis chapter 12, verse 8. It is, from there he went up on to, toward the hill, uh, towards the hill east of Bethel, and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called the name, called on the name of the Lord. Now, of course, here, tent, where he say he pitched his tent, that's where his entire family lived. So that's the people, a family under the same roof. Nice. So that's why we use the word family instead of tent. Now, it is interesting that the Lord limited the quantity each person should consume to an old man. In the instruction we are studying in Exodus 16 verse 16. Look at what it says again. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. Now, he did not give any reason for it. In other words, instruction the Lord gave to Moses. He didn't give any reason. But the specified quantity requires that Israel should recognize that the Lord knows exactly what will satisfy each of them. You see, the Lord did not say that children should uh, should be given a different quantity than the adults. Or that the adults should have larger portion. No. He limited each person to an omer in a day. Now if you have knowing that you live in a house if you made two homers and give or take depending on you know, such a child they will eat as much as an adult. But when he makes it all so far it will be what each person needs. Anyway, here's the thing. The limitation that we have here in what the Lord has given to Israel is a demonstration of God's wisdom and care for his children. Now, I know many of us, we get bent out of shape when people tell us, don't do this. Especially if it's parents telling children, they, they get upset. Don't do this. Now, that is a demonstration of their care for you. If a child, for example, is left to do whatever he or she wants, you know that, that the parents don't care one bit. They may give a lip service to it, but they don't care. Because when you care about someone, you, give, you must put boundaries in order to keep them from being 
harmed or hurt. So here is what we're saying. That God knows how to restrict his people for their own benefit. Now, so that's why I say the limitation is a demonstration of his wisdom and care for his children. We often get into trouble because we are not careful about the portion of food we take or eat. Now, the excess food we eat causes related health problems that may be avoided if we are careful not to eat much more than we should. My point is that God in his goodness limited Israel to the quantity they they need to consume to sustain them without causing any health problem. We are saying that this act of God then should remind all of us of the necessity of being careful with the portion or the quantity of food we eat. Truly speaking, will we say more about this next week's study? I'm just giving you an introduction of what's coming. We'll say more about it next week. Anyway, be that as it may, our interpretation that the people who gathered the substance for the food of each family estimated the quantity they needed is confirmed by what is written in Exodus 16, where we're starting verse 17, where which we'll get to uh, shortly. But we should note though that the Israelites obeyed the instruction they received as we read in the first sentence of Exodus 16, verse 17. Look at what it says. The Israelites did as they were told. The translators of the NIV expanded the Hebrew sentence to indicate the Israelites complied with the instruction they received since the Hebrew literally reads this way. The Israelites did so. The Israelites did so. Now this is because Moses used a Hebrew word that may mean same as in the assurance of victory over the inhabitants of Canaan. Moses gave to Joshua based on God's word to him as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 21. Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 21. Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 21 reads, At that time, I commanded Joshua, You have seen with your own eyes all That the Lord your God has done to these two kings. The Lord will do the same. That word same is a Hebrew word, Cain. Cain. Who will do the same to all the kingdoms over where, over there, where 
you are going. Now in our passage of Exodus 16 verse 17, the word is used with the meaning of so or does, in the sense of as has just been told. As just has been told. Now that aside, the sentence of Exodus 16 verse 17 where again it said the Israelites did as they were told, indicates that the Israelites obeyed the instruction they received about gathering or collecting the substance they were, u- they were to use for their food. Now if anyone refused to collect it, the person would have starved. But of course, we have no record of any uh, disobedience to the instruction given to Israel. I mean, there is no one who argued with Moses by saying that he or she does not see how the strange substance would serve as food. No. All the Israelites who were responsible for providing for their household gathered the substance at the surface of the earth in Israel's camp in the desert. The point really I want to stress or to convey is this, that Israel obeyed the instruction of the Lord to them through Moses about gathering the substance for their food. Of course, here is really a case where suffering leads to obedience of God's word. I mean, God is, in many times, he, he knows that's one way to get us to obey him. Through this kind of suffering. Because when you are really suffering, you pay attention. If you're told, try this, you try it. Because you want to get relief. So, they're hungry. Being hungry, I don't think anyone will say, well, I don't see how this is good. They, they just jumped in and did what Moses said. So all I'm saying is suffering can lead us to obedience. That shouldn't be the right one, I really so to say. But many times, unfortunately, that's the one most of us will get into. Anyway, recall that we indicated that it's very likely that the Israelites will have estimated what to gather since they did not have any measuring instruments to determine if they collected an Uma or not for each member of the household. Now this interpretation is first though supported by the last sentence of Exodus 16 verse 17 where it says, some gathered much, some little. Some gathered much, some gathered little. Now why did some of the Israelites gather much while others gather little? Why? Now, it is possible to answer this question negatively in saying that those who gathered much were greedy and those who gathered little were lazy. But that's really not the reason for the difference in the quantity that each person uh, responsible for feeding their respective uh, household gathered whatever they gathered. The reason is that they were unable to estimate 
correctly what they needed since uh, as we had indicated the people would not have had a measuring instrument as they were gathering the substance uh, for food that they found on the ground at least in the first time and like I say even after that they still wouldn't be using that another indicator though that our interpretation that each person who gathered the substance merely estimated what they gathered is supported also by the fact that what was collected was later measured as we read in the first clause of Exodus 16 verse 18. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 reads, And when they measured it by the omer, and when they measured it by the omer, now the word measured is translated from a Hebrew word that may mean to pour, as in the grain given to Ruth by Boaz, as we read in Ruth chapter 3, verse 15. Ruth chapter 3, verse 15. Ruth chapter 3 verse 15 reads, He also said, Bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and put it on her. Then he went back to the town. Now the Hebrew word may also mean to consider or to study a plan, as that's the way it is used in connection with the temple of Ezekiel's vision, as we read in Ezekiel chapter 43, verse 10. Ezekiel chapter 43, verse 10. Ezekiel chapter 43 verse 10. It reads, Son of man, describe the temple to the people of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their sins. Let them consider, that's a Hebrew word, let them consider the plan. So here, our Hebrew word that means to measure or translate to measure, it says translated consider. Anyway, in our passage of Exodus 16 verse 18, the Hebrew word simply has a sense of to measure. That is, to determine the measurement of something. In this case, the measurement of the substance Israel collected. Anyhow, the clause of Exodus 16 verse 18, when it, again it says, and when they measured it by the omer, that suggests that the measurement did not occur at the time of the gathering, the substance for food, as we have already implied, but that occurred when each person got home or into their tents. But why did the people, though, measure the quantity of the substance that they gathered when they got home? Why did they do that? But the answer seems to be 
that they wanted to ensure they obeyed the instruction of Moses that required them to take an omer of the quantity of the substance they gathered for each member of the household. So it will seem to me that somehow they recognize the lesson we just stated, which is obedience to God's word leads to the exact blessing in his plan for us. Obedience to God's word leads to the exact blessings he has in his plan for us. Now, although some of the Israelites did not obey Moses' uh, instruction letter about the leftover of food that they prepared, as we will note at the appropriate time, but the people recognized that in order to enjoy the benefit of the substance the Lord provided them, they had to do exactly what they were instructed. Now the Lord continued to show his care for Israel and how he miraculously handled the quantity of the substance each household collected. Now this care and miraculous handling of the quantity of the substance for the food the Israelites collected are evident then in the results of the measurements as stated in the next sentence of Exodus 16 verse 18. Look at the next sentence. It says, He who gathered much did not have too much. And he who gathered little did not have too little. Now see, now this sentence indicates then that the Lord miraculously intervened or acted so that each one had what they needed to conform to the instruction given to them. There was no family with surplus or or that were deficient in what they needed. Now we use the word surplus because the clause he who gathered much they now have too much. It's more literally from the Hebrew. The one gathering more had no surplus. The one gathering more had no surplus. Now this is because the expression have too much of the NIV is translated from a Hebrew verb that means to remain over, to be in excess. So that the word is used with the meaning to exceed to describe the number of male firstborns of Israel that was over the number of the males of the Levites. As we have documented, uh, documented in Numbers chapter 3 verse 46. Numbers Numbers chapter 3 verse 46 It reads to redeem the 273 firstborn Israelites who exceed 
the number of believers that will exceed is the word the NIV translated have too much. Now in the Hebrew form though, using a, a passage of Exodus 16 verse 18, the word has a sense of to have surplus. To have surplus. Hence, we are certain then that even those who collected much of the substance for food did not have any surplus. Likewise, those for whatever reason gathered little were not deficient in the quantity they needed for their family. Now we say this because the expression of Exodus 16 verse 18 when it says, have too little, have too little is translated from a Hebrew word that may mean to lack. To lack. As the word is used by Moses in his farewell speech to Israel to remind them they were not in short supply of whatever they needed during the 40 years that they were in the desert as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 7 reads, The Lord your God has blessed you all, you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this vast desert. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you, and you have not lacked anything. So in our passage of Exodus 16 verse 18, the word has a sense of to cause to be lacking. To cause to be lacking. Those, those who gather little, did not fail to have enough to fill their families. Since those who gathered much, did not have excess, while those who gather little did not lack what they needed. The implication is that everyone was satisfied with the quantity of the substance provided by the Lord for food for Israel. It is this truth then that is stated in the last clause of Exodus 16 verse 18 that we're starting where it says, Each one gathered as much as he needed. In any case, what I want to emphasize is the equality of the substance needed to prepare food for each family the Lord graciously provided to the Israelites. Now this equality is a clear demonstration of His grace in provision for each of his children. God knows exactly what we need to survive on this planet. And so he provides that to us. He is always caring, always gracious, so that you do not or you should not think 
that it is because of your hard work that he provides what you need. It is his grace. There are people who work harder than you do. They don't have as much as you do. His grace. So you have to go back thinking that way. God is gracious to you as a believer. He will never fail to provide what you need on this planet. Now we are careful in stating that the Lord will provide what you need, but not the excesses or the excess of life that you may desire. That's not what we said. It is what you need to survive on this planet. That is a promise. So anyway, the Lord miraculously then ensured that once the Israelites obeyed the instruction to gather the substance for their food, each family had what they needed. Now that is a reminder then of the lesson we stated, which is obedience to God's word leads to the exact blessing in his plan for us. There's an exact blessing. And in that plan, to get that blessing, your obedience is included. So your obedience is a switch that you must turn off. And that blessing will flow exactly as the Lord intended. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the study of your word. We pray that God, the Holy Spirit, will challenge us to recognize how caring, gracious you are, and how we must obey you in order to get your precise blessing that you have for us in your plan. This is our request in Christ's name.